swimmers, what it is, is that the, the squatting, it, it, when, you, when you talk about doing it properly, is it, it, it really unlocks the hips and the back, and it provides that mobility you need in swimming. Um, one of the key parts of the spine is in the middle back, which, uh, which is as the middle back goes into the lower back, you've got the rotational component. And when that is very common, um, uh, locked or stiff in a lot of people, and so what happens is your lower back then overworks, and that's where you go to chiros or osteophysics who then start to manipulate and release that tension. When you start to do the squatting properly, you start to release that rotational um, transitional area in the spine, and that then connects the whole body. That's where you get all this movement from. So you really see the, the benefits. Uh, the squatting may not have a direct effect on your swimming like you just clearly pointed out, but it's that, it's that the, 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 the release you get from doing squats in the back that then translates to the swimming. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Hi, welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. This is episode number 188. My guest today is Carl Reeder, and he has a background in exercise physiology and Pilates, but primarily working in functional movement. And we've recently created a course together, which is functional, functional movement for swimmers. And in this course, Carl teaches you how to do some of the primary movements correctly that are going to help you as a swimmer. And some of the differences here between what you might have seen in perhaps uh, other programs or other courses is that in this program, we are really looking to make sure that you stay connected, that they're full body movements and not just isolating individual muscles. And the reason for that is when we swim, it is all about that connection. You may have heard me talk a little bit about the Serape effect, which is essentially the connection from, through your hips, through your torso and shoulders. And that is a really key component of being able to connect up your catch with your rotation and your kick. And I really like the phrase swimming from the inside out, meaning your core and your hips. That's where you generate a lot of power from. And it's these exercises within the program that are going to help you develop that kind of connection out of the water so that you can have those type, that type of connection in the water. So if you're interested in that course, then the you can find that at effortlessswimming.com forward slash Carl, and that's C-A-R-L, so forward slash Carl. And I'll also put the links in the show notes as well. So let's get into the episode. In this episode, I chat with Carl about what are some of those common mistakes that we see people make when they're doing strength-based or dry land exercises and what can you do to make sure that you're doing them correctly? How can you avoid or overcome injury with them? And, uh, and what are some of the, the most important things that we should be thinking about as swimmers or as triathletes when it comes to adding dry land to our existing program. Let's get into the podcast. Great. Hey, Carl, welcome to the podcast for the third time. Yeah, good to be back. So uh, we've, we've been chatting over the last couple of months and you've been putting together a, a course for, uh, for swimmers specifically, uh, working on more functional movements that will help people either stop, uh, avoid getting injured, but I think probably more importantly is those people that have got recurring injuries how can they overcome them and how can they develop strength through those certain areas where they are consistently getting injured and how can they, they do it so that they don't need to take time out of the pool. And um, can you want to talk a little bit about um, some of those exercises that you have been uh, recording in the, uh, in the course and also sort of how it, how it came about and, and what your background is with working with swimmers. 
Yeah, sure. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years now, working with uh, exercises. And uh, early on in my profession, I, I noticed that many of the sort of the traditional exercises and stretching routines are not working for a lot of patients and clients, uh, particularly with low back and shoulders and knee, knee issues. And then I, I realized that many of the movements that we're giving were not movements that were necessarily functional or, or movements the body was designed to do, even though they were scientific. And so uh, for the last basically two decades, I've been researching and, and, and rediscovering what the body's functional movements look like and, and how to master the techniques to do them. And in this six-week course, I really share a lot of the, uh, my insights and the functional movements that I've, that I've been working on in the course that's to give a really good solid foundation um, to help people to, to move in the way that I believe the body's designed to move. And it's when you move in that, in the, the, what I call the body's method, uh, for exercises, then you get great results, particularly with shoulders and low back. Yeah, I'm watching through the videos from the course and also having been doing a lot more strength than I was in the past with not being able to swim right now. Uh, it's, it seems like a lot of the issues that people probably get from doing strength work incorrectly or uh, from doing normal swimming and they, they get injured, a lot of it seems like it comes from the movements not being sort of functional, so sort of full body movements where they're probably just isolating or loading up too much through their lower back or through their shoulders. Is, is that what it seems like from your end? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, we've, we've, we've so been trained to isolate muscles or focus on a particular joints and then this whole idea of body weight, so using the whole body to generate power. Uh, particularly the shoulder, it's a, it's a good topic in, in terms of injuries because a lot of uh, shoulder workouts or recovery programs try and strengthen, for example, rotator cuff. So they focus on rotator cuff strengthening exercises or bicep strengthening exercises where the shoulder is so much connects to the hips and to the whole body. So it's, it's learning through it in the class and the course, how, we, how do you, you know, generate paths with all the big muscles helping the shoulder? Yeah, and that's, um, that's what I've liked about watching through the, as you take, go through the exercises. I mean, I've been doing quite, I'd say probably half the exercises just in my weekly strength and um, conditioning stuff lately. And I know I've been doing some of them wrong after watching the videos. And what, what I like about, you know, you talk about the Serape effect and how can we generate that power through, the, through our hips and through our upper body. And like it doesn't, it doesn't require a massive change in the way that you do exercises, but it's this little minor 10% change that can really, I think, develop that Serape effect and connection through the body, which is really key in swimming. And I mean, I, I was talking to a, a physio a couple months ago about um, just one long distance swimmer that he was working with. And I, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but this guy had shoulder issues all the time. And one of the things that this physio found is that he wasn't kicking at all. Like his legs just dragged behind him. And so it was loading up his shoulders too much. So he didn't have that stabilization through the kick that's transferred through the body. And that's a good example of, of, of someone who's not having that connection through the body and not using that Serape effect. So uh, that's what I think some of these exercises are really good for in developing that, but it doesn't need a massive change at all for a lot of people. No, just to learn, uh, to experience and to feel, we talked about that in one of our last podcasts, that, that connection, just how the whole, the whole body's connected. And um, so just for, for, as they work through the exercises, they'll start to really train that, that what, it, what does it feel like? You know, because as you say, you don't want to be having two left arms or two right feet. You know, you can, with the exercise, it'll help to build that connection, which I think is very powerful, especially for swimmers. Yeah, absolutely. And I put out a survey um, 
about who's got recurring injuries that stop them from or impact their swimming. And I think it was 44% of people said they do. So nearly half the people that, you know, that who are probably adults, so, you know, most of our swimmers are sort of 30 to 60 years of age. Um, almost half of them have got recurring injuries. And um, if they can get rid of those injuries or they can um, develop the strength to be able to, um, to overcome them, then it's going to mean that they can spend longer in the water where they're not having one or two or three weeks out. And it means that they can keep that build of their training going. So they're not having to take these, these ongoing periods of time out. And so uh, one of the most common ones that popped up was shoulder issues. This is obviously one of the main ones with, with swimming is shoulder issues, particularly rotator cuff. Where do you see a lot of those issues coming from uh, for swimmers that you've worked with? Well, it, for, for especially for not the elite athletes, but as swimmers, it would be obviously posture plays a major role. And one of, the, one of the huge benefits of moving functionally is, is you, you'll see a great result in a change in posture straight away. Um, and, then, and then obviously not balancing the opposing muscles. So if swimmers do not, if they're just working on the pulling action, they're not on the pushing action. So we see that uh, that's uh, one of the things I address in the course as well, just how to uh, train and strengthen, the, balance the muscles. So that asymmetry that we see in swimmers. I said posture, but you know, obviously people who work at a desk bound most of the day, that, that puts a lot of strain on the body. Then we also talked about a lot of upper back stiffness, the thoracic spine, your upper back, your, a lot of stiffness up through, the, through, which is related to posture again, can be related to posture. Uh, often just loosening up the upper back has huge benefits for releasing shoulder problems. And, and you, as you know, in swimming, it's, it's quite a lot of rotation and movement depending on the strokes you're doing, but you need that mobility, which is key for shoulders. And often with shoulder problems, it's not even the shoulder. It's often it can even be, as we know, it can be the hip, the back. It's it's mm. quite, it's complex. But uh, by moving function, it's the key thing I want to get to, to the to the to the swimmers is by moving function. It's almost like it resets the body, and it's just the effects are, are great. And for someone who's listening to this and thinking, yeah, all right, that's me. I'm pretty stiff. My upper back sometimes got issues with the shoulders and it might stop me from swimming or it might just mean I can't go as hard as I'd like to, but I can't be bothered putting in the, in the work. What would you say to, well, how much does it take for someone to make a change to, to the things that we're talking about, to their mobility and to, and to the way that they move? How long do you think it is for someone from the get-go to, to see those changes and to notice them? And then how long until they can see, not necessarily a permanent change, but um, a change that is uh, really noticeable. You know, sort of referred to as the minimum effective dosage in a sense. You really, you, you don't need to be doing hours and hours a day. If you, if you could choose maybe two or three of those exercises, you know, specifically for the shoulder um, and do them almost every day for five to 10 minutes or even in between, like what I call movement snacks. So if you're at your desk and you, stand up and do a few few movements or mobility exercises that are literally two or three minutes and you can see changes pretty quickly. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of clients have actually, after even a week, they're not going to see major posture changes, but they're going to feel differences in mobility changes in the shoulder. Yeah, and I find uh, with a number of things, for me, it's like a sort of a five to six week turnaround of doing something consistently. And I talked about this yeah. in a recent YouTube video with, for most people, I think if they, when they get back into the pool after taking say two or three months off with um, all of the lockdown stuff happening, for most people, I reckon they can get back to where they were pretty close to it within about 
six weeks if they're training relatively yes. intensively or uh, eight to, to 10 weeks if they're just sort of easing their, their way back for most people. Now, obviously elite athletes are, are different. They were training yeah. 10 times a week and it's a different story, but yeah, I, th- I think five to six weeks you can really notice it. And that's what I've noticed doing getting back into strength training uh, now since I haven't been able to swim is uh, th- things were, I was feeling so sore the first two to three weeks of the, the strength training. Uh, but now I'm not pulling up as sore. And I'm noticing the change physically in how I feel, particularly the strength through the, the core and through the hips and how I move and how I walk. Um, and then in terms of posturing, how you carry yourself, like it, it really transfers to a lot of different um, aspects of your, your life. And my shoulder, because uh, I came off the mountain bike seven months ago, and um, so I was having issues with it. I haven't swum obviously much um, lately, but my shoulder has improved dramatically. So I haven't had any issues uh, and that's for surfing for like six or seven hours a day sometimes, whereas before wow. it was pulling up sore after two or three hours. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes when I get back in the water uh, and yeah. swim. But um, that strength training so far, I've noticed has made a, a big difference. So uh, I think that's, that seems to be a real, real key to, um, to overcoming those sorts of injuries or, or issues. Yeah, with the shoulders, it's it's a, it's a it's we talk about a ball and socket joint. It needs to be it's it needs to be mobile. And um, again, we some of the listeners may be familiar with fascia. So it's quite a big term now. It's my fascial stretching, and you've got those foam rollers, and and, and you and, and there's a lot of benefits to that. But with again, with the functional movements, when you start to train all the muscles and the right sequences, and the, again functionally, you'll see that the fascia actually starts to reorganize itself. Um, without having to do hectic and painful stretches, uh, so it's this is so it's, for those who love to do the stretches, it's fine. But also for those who aren't, maybe uh, want to do spend hours stretching every week, just just simply moving it. It's, it's incredible the, how the body reorganizes itself, and that gives a lot of mobility to the shoulder. Because if you've got tight fascia, as you know, tight fascia, or, you know, it, it it really can limit mobility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's because uh, I've done next to no, no mobility work lately, um, but just just moving better and and doing, like we've been doing a bit of stuff um, on the ground. Like one of the, I've been taking some junior swimmers through some strength training and we've okay. been doing some like lying on the floor on your chest and, you know, Y raises, you know, like the YW stuff, you put yeah. your chest off, chest off, bring your hands up above your head, bring them back and, and you know, some movements like that and angels and demons as well, which is kind of where you start up here and bring your hands back behind your bum. A few different exercises yeah. uh, like that as well. And I, and I feel like that stuff is, um, it's not a strain at all. It's, it's, you know, you're not working at the complete limit of your, your mobility, but you might True. be working at say 80% of it. Uh, but that those sorts of movements and just doing them regularly for six weeks has um, has made things uh, so much so much better. And uh, and one of the things that you do or you, you talk quite a bit about in the course is uh, core strength and squatting and sort of I guess that connection um, that strength that you can have through the hips. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, those sorts of functional movements and how they relate to swimming and um, and how that can actually develop core strength? Because I think you now when you first mentioned squatting is one of the best ways to develop core strength i was like what the, that's i've never sort of um heard that before but you know the more you have sort of looked into it, it's like yes yeah, it's like a it's one of the best things you can do for your core strength it, it, absolutely and i mean it's, it's so funny you said i just had a patient yesterday who said what are you talking about <laughs> and then i explained to them they said i can't believe my tummy is in my core it feels like i've done like a whole bunch of planking and i said yeah it's because you're not connected but 
for swimmers, you know, that, that, that connection, the, the, the mobility in the hips and the, the core and that rotational component, it's just by, by doing the, the squatting technique correctly or functionally, you actually open up the lower back. You, you, you get the core muscles to, to fire. Uh, and the core muscles, when I talk about core, it's, it's talking about your abdominals here as well, but the core actually involves all your trunk, big trunk muscles, so your pecs, your lats, your glutes, your hip flexors. So, but in terms of what a lot of people associate core with, would be the abdominals. But they've got to work together with the glutes, your, your buttocks muscles. And so you, it's the squatting action, when done correctly, activates all those muscles beautifully. And it, it also has a tremendous effect on the, on the whole spine, not just your lower back. And when that lower back and the back loosens up, then you've got the mobility. And when you've got the rotational freedom or improvements in mobility there, then you've got that better connection with the Serape effect and the, or the whole, the whole sort of image you go through in the course. So squatting is, yeah, I mean, from a fat burning, from a metabolic efficiency to back improvements in backs, joint health, mobility, strength. I mean, I could have a whole podcast just on squatting and uh, it's, it's, we go through that in the course. It's, it's really... In fact, if, if, if the average person doesn't like to exercise, just did those squats, they would see improvements in shoulder mobility and posture two to three weeks by doing that. Mm. Uh, with some of the junior kids that I've been doing some strength work with, um, some of them at the very beginning, they were, they were squatting maybe that far down, as in like from yeah. where the hips, they weren't hardly squatting, right? And so you're just not going to get anything from it. And so it's, some, it's something that, you know, I see my young kids, they're able to do the squatting, but I think a lot of times as we get a bit older, we just, and you know, these kids aren't old, they're like 11 or 12, some of them. Yeah. Um, we just either forget or we just don't do that, that movement and we don't do it properly. And, and I know for me personally, like so tight through my, through my hips. Um, I'm really, I'm good now, but I have been in the past so tight through my hips from sitting in the car for hours at a time or sitting at a desk and, um, and plus your hip flexors get tight. And so when, when I've been opened up by doing these exercises and, and sometimes a little bit of yoga as well, I find really useful. It's like, man, you yes. can be so much stronger through, through the hips. And I'm looking forward to getting back in the pool tomorrow for the, my first swim back in the pool and just seeing how it feels with this better strength. Cause I reckon for me, it's probably, probably the strongest I've been through my core and through my hips in the last probably 12 or 13 years. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how that feels and how that relates to, uh, to swimming in the water. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, we, you know, we talked about core strength and I do share this in the videos, but is, is that we've got to get away from that sort of burn feeling that you get in the olden days. We used to lift your legs up in the air and do your thousand sit-ups to really feeling all the muscles work together. And that, that's really where you get the power. And um, yeah, as I said, so I'm not going to really mention, but squatting is a, uh, is a very very powerful and functional it's a foundation to all all the if you look at uh, tennis players when they stand when they have to receive the, the tennis ball how they stand that squat position karate surfing uh, any uh, snowboard any sort of sport where even before you go into rugby into the into the, to the, to, to the scrum that they, they get into that position it's such a it's what i call the body's power position mm. and i think in swimming it's hard sometimes harder to to see uh, than, than a lot of other sports because like, yeah, you can see obviously the hips are rotating a bit and it's, um, but it's really hard to sort of notice and understand that connection when you're watching someone swim. Cause it's so, uh, I guess it's so sort of intricate, but yeah, if you look at someone say surfing or, or playing rugby, like with someone surfing, for example, if you look at it slowly, you look at someone 
sort of generating speed, they'll compress and then they'll you know come up. And it's it's that that movement through the hips, and it's it's really well timed with the feet and through the hips and so on. And it's the same, you know, essentially the same sort of thing through swimming, um, but it's a lot easier to see in other sports that are that are land based and and I guess more obvious movements than than swimming. For the swimmers, what it is is that the, the squatting, it, it, when you we talk about doing it properly, is it, it it really unlocks the hips and the back, and it provides that mobility you need in swimming. And um, one of the key parts of the spine is in the middle back, which, uh, which is as the middle back goes into the lower back, you've got the rotational component. And when that is very common, um, uh, locked or stiff in a lot of people, and so what happens is your lower back then overworks, and that's where you go to chiros or osteophysios who then start to manipulate and release that tension. When you start to do the squatting properly, you start to release that rotational um, transitional area in the spine, and that then connects the whole body. That's where you get all this movement from. So you really see the, the benefits. Uh, the squatting may not have a direct effect on your swimming, like you just clearly pointed out, but it's that, it's that the, 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 the release you get from doing squats in the back that then translates to the swimming. Yeah, right. That's, that's interesting. And it's, um, so you're saying that, so that lower part of the back is often quite tight, quite compre- compressed. And so that's going to limit someone's ability to, to generate that power. Yes. From your lower back, as, you, as I described in the course, your lower back can't actually rotate. So it doesn't have the rotational component. It's got to do with the orientation of the joints. So your lower back's designed for flexion, extension, flexion, extension, there is a little bit of rotation on, the, on the, what we call the L5, S1, right at the bottom of the base of your spine. But most of the rotation takes place up higher up in the spine. And mm. there's, a, there's a transitional area where the, where the spine goes from rotation to flexion extension. And that's often quite tight. Um, and a lot of physios and, and, and chiros work around trying to loosen it up. But I've discovered over the years, by doing the squats, that area loosens up quite quickly. And it's, that's where the power comes because when that loosens up, then now your body can function correctly and then you've got connection, really. Yeah, right. That's, that's interesting. And for you, do any, um, is there any sort of any people that come to mind um, who have, let's say, come, come to you, they've been really tight, um, they've had issues with either shoulder or lower back or, or knees, whatever it might be, and they've practiced this stuff for, for a number of weeks and they've been able to to operate without pain and that sort of thing. Have you got any, any people who come to mind? If it's, if it's related to those, to those physical limitations, absolutely. I'm actually quite surprised how quickly people will tell me how their mobility improves. You know, we have this idea you've mentioned five or six weeks and yes, it does take that time to build strength. But in terms of often even just releasing the back can be a day, a week. It's quite, very, very interesting to see how quick it depends on the person, you know, and, and the issues. But it's, it's really, uh, I've found, I've noticed in my own uh, journey, I started off as a Pilates instructor and um, I couldn't do the next level three Pilates because I didn't have the mobility. And I was, I was quite frustrated because I was thinking, well, if I'm doing Pilates, I should be improving my mobility. Um, and I realized I, I moved away from Pilates about 10 years ago and went, started really looking into this functional. And after just, even just simply squatting again, and it sounds like I'm trying to promote the squat, but just squatting, <laughs> my mobility radically improved within a day or two. It wasn't, it doesn't take, that's the big thing about flexibility. You, it doesn't need to be hours and hours and weeks and weeks of stretching. Once mm-hmm. the right muscles work, you can improve your flexibility quite quickly, which I think is really exciting for the average person who doesn't want to spend hours doing gym. And those who do do yoga and Pilates, it's also um, 
this is it complements that because now they can go to their classes and do their stretching and, and, and really take shift to the next level. I think the people, um, those that are listening to this, they're probably going to jump off the uh, the podcast and just start doing some squats for a little bit. And uh, I know last time, <laughs> I had you on, yeah, I, I know last time um, I had you on um, and you, you talked a bit about the squat. Um, I, I started doing squats where I hadn't really done them for for years, and so it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a good thing. And um, but you want to make sure that you, you're doing them right because um, yeah, I know people who who've done them wrong and for most most of the time it's it's giving them a bit of pain in the lower back by not doing it right or often pain in the knees as well so um you want to make sure that you're doing that in the in the right way so um thanks very much for um for being on the podcast and so the course um i'll put a link in the uh in the show notes for this and uh, it'll be on our website as well for the course and it's a six-week program that'll take you through all the, the fundamental movements that you'll should be doing uh, if you are doing any sort of swimming and as we mentioned it doesn't need to take a lot of time uh it, you know a couple minutes a day will make a big difference and um if you are doing any sort of gym work then i yeah highly recommend going through this this course because just a, a way to make these movements much more functional and sort of all body movements that's that's going to help you not have shoulder pain going to keep you in the water and allow you to just maintain that training without having to take big chunks of time out of the water brilliant no welcome thanks for having me and, and uh you know look forward to the feedback from the guys who, who do the course yeah awesome and those that uh, are in our membership as well um you're going to be in there answering any questions that they've got if anyone's got specific um issues they can either contact you through your, your website um or if they're an effortless swing member then um, jump in the forum there and um yeah you'll be in there um helping out as well which would be great so thank you uh, looking forward to it, Brenton. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.